Well, thank you so much for uh, connecting with us this week. I have the privilege of sharing the message. My name's Nathan. And uh, just this idea that God has the strategy during intimidating times. And so uh, last week, Paul shared about standing firm. And I really feel this message will be a continuation. A lot of times in our life, I think we can rely on our own strength, talents, and connections, even human rationale to try to navigate our way through situations, trouble, and difficulty. Not only that, but there are so many voices out there, so many voices in this world offering, well, their version of wisdom. I think sometimes we can forget that God knows it all. He sees all. He is our source. We sometimes exhaust ourselves trying to work through adversity rather than going straight to Him. And so, through this message, I believe we will see a practical example of what it looks like to stand firm and keep God as our source of strength, wisdom, and truth when you are being intimidated by circumstances around you. So, like I said, today we're going to take a look at, well, an Old Testament story about one of the good kings in history, the history of Judah. And many of you know that good kings, well, in the historical record of Israel and Judah, they were very hard to come by. And so, I just wanted to go back to a quick family tree and, and the point in the biblical history. And I want to catch us up to the picture, the significance of what was happening here. And so, let's just quickly start with, with this small family tree. So first, Abraham and Sarah, well, they have Isaac. And Isaac and Rebekah have Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, and they eventually make up the 12 tribes of Israel. And unfortunately, they split. The northern kingdoms under the banner of Israel and the southern kingdoms under Judah. And so we go down the list and eventually we get to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was one of the few that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible goes on to describe Hezekiah and his admirable track record saying there's no king like him in all of Judah before or after. He begins to boldly clean house. He brings about revival in Judah and tears down the idols, the altars, and various places of pagan worship that had lured Israel away from worship, from worshiping God, Yahweh. He restores and reopens the temple in Jerusalem. Well, that his dad, his not-so-good dad, had really kind of boarded up. He reinstates um, the Levites, the priesthood, as he also celebrates the Passover again. And if we look at 2 Kings, starting at 18 verse 7, it tells us that he even went on to rebel against the fearsome Assyrians, and he wouldn't serve them. We're going to camp out in this place within Israel's history. And so, if you want to, turn with me, 2 Kings 18, 13 to 16, starting at verse 13. In the fourth year of King Hezekiah, 
Shennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. So we can see Hezekiah was obviously intimidated by the Assyrian army closing in on Jerusalem. The Assyrians had crushed nation after nation. Their conquests were successful, and they obviously made good, if you know history, on their terrible threats. And so as we read, Hezekiah agreed to pay the Assyrians. He, he agreed to pay them whatever they asked. And Shennacherib, king of Assyria, asked for 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And, and if we, we look at it in pounds, one talent was 75 pounds. That's not a small amount of money. But the Bible even goes on to say that he took all of the silver out of the house of the Lord. He even took the, the gold and, and, and other silver out of the treasuries of the king. And, and it even goes further yet. And he says he, he peeled off the gold of the temple doors to cover this debt. These attacks have, have wavered his confidence and clearly shook his trust in God at his, as his source and protector. And, and I was thinking of also a, a New Testament analogy of this and, and a story, and, and I just was reminded of Peter walking on the water. How boldly he stepped out of the boat. Yet, when the waves came crashing in, he took his eyes off Jesus. He, he began to allow those surroundings to affect his gaze. And, and he forgot to keep his gaze on Jesus, the one that could keep him afloat. And, and you know, I'm sure this has never happened to any of you before, but a story from, from Megan and I was, well, we kind of, yeah, we tried to do things our own way. We... We're, well, you know what? We forced some sort of plan that, that wasn't God's plan. It, it was our plan, to be honest. And so in 2009, we both had started new jobs. We were in a new city and newly married. So you could say there might have been a little bit of transition happening in our lives. And before long, some of the less perfect realities began to sink in. Okay, and I may get in trouble, but we weren't super taken Initially, by Nanaimo. I'm sorry, diehard Nanaimoites. Initially. You know what? We, we just weren't super big fans of the differences and the challenges we were experiencing in our new jobs com compared to some of the old ones that we had. I know, pretty mature, isn't it? So you know what we did? Okay, well, let's abandon all the hard stuff and let's make a change right now. And we both always wanted to travel more. Me being a te teacher and, well, Megan being a nurse, obviously our professions lent ourselves and it lent to working in other places around the world and traveling. So we started looking for opportunities, yet that was not what God had for us. He didn't have it planned at that time. 
What's amazing is shortly after we got plugged into Oceanside, which gave us opportunities to travel to India, Nepal, parts of Africa, and one of those places being the Democratic Republic of Congo. And what I love about this is that was a place that had been planted in Megan's heart as a young girl, in elementary school actually. It would be over two decades before she realized the connection she'd have with this country and its people. I know, I know, that's showing our age. But if we had followed our own whims and strategies and jumped ship for, out of Nanaimo to grasp at others, maybe, maybe these opportunities looked suitable and we probably could have pushed down the doors elsewhere, but we would have missed all the beautiful connections we had and the opportunities to forge in this community and communities around the world. You see, God always has the best solutions and strategies. You know, our ideas, they can be good, but if, if I just suggest, you, you don't just follow those on a whim. You trust, you trust the Holy Spirit. You spend time praying and allow God to show you his strategies because they're always good. And so we see that Hezekiah didn't like what was in front of him either. He tried doing things his own way as well. And, and if we go back to the beginning of 2 Kings 18, we see Hezekiah boldly removing all the platforms of pagan worship. He, he ushered in revival in Judah. And, and in verse 7, it even tells us that he refused to serve the king of Assyria. And now, and now suddenly, it's almost like he has a panic reaction and realizes that the enemy is actually getting closer and gaining ground. He's suddenly so frantic to stop the Assyrian king from advancing further that he rips the gold out of the temple that he had just reopened. Maybe if he, if he pays tribute, he, he can just hold them off longer. You see, he's, he's using human rationale to try to come up with a solution. How could things change so quickly? You know, why, why did Hezekiah, why did his trust seem to vanish so suddenly when circumstances intensified? Can you relate? I, I definitely know that I can. I, can. I can look at the physical, tangible things I have first. Maybe it's, maybe it's life insurance in my, in my bank account, my health, connections, family around me for a solution. And you know what? This isn't the solution. How easily I know I can look to my surroundings to define my level of peace or our faith in God. We need to discipline ourselves and remind ourselves to go to God in all things first. So that, so that we don't panic when our circumstances intensify. And so let's read further. Let's, let's read how truly big this problem the Assyrians was. And so the king sent some messengers to Jerusalem to not only scare the king, but also the people of Judah. And, and I'm sure many of us can relate to the amount of fear we're bombarded with when we maybe turn on the TV, we, we read the newspaper. It's all around us. 
And so now going to 2 Kings 19, verses 10 to 15. Thus, Shennacherib, king of Assyria, on what are you trusting that you endure the siege in Jerusalem? Is not Hezekiah misleading you that you may give over to die by famine and by thirst when he tells you the Lord our God will deliver us from the hands of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem? Before one altar you shall worship, and on it you shall burn your sacrifices. Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of the lands? Were the gods of the nations of these lands all able to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who among all the gods of those nations that my fathers devoured to destruction was able to deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from mine? Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you in this fashion, and do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers." How much less will your God deliver you out of my hand? And I know this maybe seems like a silly analogy, but when I was in university, poker all of a sudden took off. And, you know, on the weekends, every dorm lounge was full of people playing. And, of course, as poor college students, no one could ever afford to play for money. So, again, on the line was usually cleaning somebody else's apartment if you lost, or if you won, maybe using somebody's car for a date. As, again, I'm no expert in poker, this simple picture. Somebody across the table has only a pair in their hand, yet are trying to intimidate you into folding. Yet, you know what you've got in your hand. You have a full house. Yet as you look across the table, there's somebody trying to intimidate you. You're trying to determine if what you have in your hand is enough. You're playing through the options of what that other person could have. And I was thinking about that in a spiritual sense. It can be similar when the enemy comes. He has the lowest hand. We know we have the power. We have the power in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. Yet, we question in our minds when, when our backs are, are against the wall. And, and don't get me wrong, many of our situations and, and Hezekiah's situation was super intimidating. It was scary. There, there was lots at stake. There was famine, thirst, and, and death could happen to his people. He was in charge to protect his people. And so there was a lot riding on this. And again, his enemies trying to intimidate, they, they not only talked to him, but they talked to the people. They, they threatened and shouted in Hebrew so that the people of that day could hear and be intimidated also. Adversity is coming for you. Loss is coming for you, they were barking. And, and maybe you feel that as well at times. That, that there are lots of voices in this world that are going to try to water down the power and authority of God. 
And I want to encourage you, do not forget who he is, what he's done and what he continues to do. Like that person with the full house, you're standing in victory. I would even say a royal flesh. And yet, what I love about this story is as we continue to read, and is we see Hezekiah returning back to, to the chapter 18 Hezekiah, the beginning of 18. He's, he's starting to come to his senses after, after doing, trying to do things his own way. That, that he figured out that, do you know what? My strategy isn't going to work. work I, I can't fix this problem. It's much bigger than me. And so in 2 Kings 19, 14 to 19, Hezekiah prays. And in verse 14, it says, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God. You alone of all the kingdoms of all the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Shennacherib, which has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the king of Assyria has laid waste to the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand, that all the kings of earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. And I just love that. As, as soon as Hezekiah received the enemy's threats in letter form, he went to the temple. He spread it out before God. He cast it upon the Lord as he laid it out. He wanted to just, God, see everything. There's nothing fancy here. Like, I'm not sugarcoating it. Like, like God, everything. I, I want you to hear it. He went to God. And now he's getting back to this first move. It was to go to God. He didn't rely on his own strategy or his own power. He didn't even go to his trusted advisors that he as the king would have had. He didn't seek opinions of other people. He simply went to God. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God intervene for us. And because of this genuine prayer, God has an amazing response. Now, what I love about Scripture is we see this story also in 2 Chronicles. And so in 2 Chronicles 32, 21 to 23, it says this, And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face, to his own land. And when he came into the house of his God, some of his own sons struck him down there by the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Shennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies, and provided for them 
on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord to Jerusalem and precious things to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations from that time onward. And so in closing, I just want to encourage us, take courage again. God hears your prayers. That that God always has the strategy for every single situation in our lives. Everyone. When we surrender to him, we, we actually get to see him come through on our behalf in ways we could never have imagined. I just love how 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move all over the earth, so that he may give strength to those whose heart is fully given to him. So I just want to encourage you, won't you join us in prayer, so that, so that God can have our hearts fully to him. Maybe it's through men's prayer on Tuesday night, in, in the other possible worship nights and things that are going to be happening, in, in some of the, the live services that were able to happen, won't you join with us and allow God to do what only He can do? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You that You are all-powerful, that You are all-knowing, and that, Lord, I pray that You would just fill us with courage to be bold and brave for You. That, Lord God, if we're faced with with decisions to make, that, God, that we would lay them as Hezekiah did before you. And that, Lord, that you are so gracious and merciful that, that you would hear our prayer. I thank you that you are a God that answers prayer. And so, Father, I pray even now that we would just get a sense of you and your presence in our lives today, tomorrow, in the months to come. That, Lord, that we would go to you first in all situations. That we would be known as a people that go to God. I thank you, Lord God, for working with us, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us.